0: and they, they said uh, are you going to be talking about the harbinger the things that are going on with the harbinger that are going on and there is a great book out called The Harbinger I've not read it and there's a purpose for that I had somebody buy me a copy and give it to me and say you've got to read this book this is the same stuff you're preaching in Bible prophecy and it's a novel concerning those events and he gave it to me and I was like yes and I went to my truck and the Lord said you can't read it I said, well, Lord, is the guy that wrote this thing a sinner or what? You know what? Why can't I read it? He said, because there are things that I'm revealing to you that I'm revealing to the mouths of my prophets across the nation. And I don't want your information to come from somebody else's stuff. I want you to hear from me. I absolutely love Perry Stone's teaching. And the Lord won't let me watch it. Because I'm finding out that when I release something on Sunday night, Perry Stone's released it on Saturday morning. Okay? Okay? And it's just like the timing and events, God is speaking and confirming things, which means that we are moving towards something big. Amen? Amen. I'm no Perry Stone, and I'm definitely not the author of The Harbinger. But I did come tonight to share with you something that I feel like the Lord wants you to hear tonight for this season. Amen? So before we get into the actual slide presentation, uh, you can leave it up there. That's fine. But I want to read to you the full chapter of Isaiah 31, and then we're going to talk about it tonight. Would you stand with me one more time for the reading of God's Word, and we'll get right into it. In Isaiah 31, beginning with verse 1, the Word says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt. Somebody say Egypt. Egypt. For help, and stay on horses, and trust in chariots, because they are many. And in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise, and will bring evil, and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of evildoers, and against the help of them that work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men, and not God. Their horses flesh and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helpeth shall fall. In other words, those that help Egypt are going to fall. And he that is helped shall fall down, and they shall all fail together. Somebody say failure. failure. For thus saith the Lord, has spoken unto me like as the lion and the young lion. Somebody say lion. Somebody say young lion. Roaring on his prey, when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the, for the noise of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight for Mount Zion and for the hill thereof. And when it says so shall, it means at the same time there will be a, a fight over the hill of Zion. Verse 5, as birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending also, he will deliver it. And passing over, he will preserve it. How many believe God's got a plan for Israel? Turn ye unto him from whom the children have deeply revolted. For in that day every man shall cast away his idols of silver, his idols of gold, which your own hands have made unto you for a sin. Then shall the Assyrian fall with the sword. Somebody say, Syria. Syria. Not of a mighty man and the sword, not of a mean man, shall devour him. But he shall flee from the sword. And his young men shall be discomfited, And he shall pass over to a stronghold for fear. And his princes shall be afraid of the ensign, saith the Lord, whose fire is in Zion and his furnace in Jerusalem. How many are ready for the word of the Lord tonight? I just read it to you, but how many are ready to receive it? I want you to stretch your hands toward me and pray for me to preach it. And I want you to also pray for the Lord to help me teach it so that people can get it tonight. But I want you to also pray for God to just let this thing resonate in our spirits and anoint us all to receive it. Amen. Father, we bless you and we come together in corporate prayer. Father, I pray right now for you to release anointing in this house for people to retain and to receive the word of God. God, I pray that we would not only be hearers tonight, but we would be doers and would understand that your plan is at work in the world. And we are going to submit to it. We ask for your anointing and your guidance tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Look at somebody right now and say, Jesus is coming. Amen. Give him one more praise. Hallelujah. I uh, was reading in the scripture about some things that are happening in the, in the Bible that are very current. And those of you that have been around our ministry know that I do a lot of teaching on Bible prophecy. But this one is something that I feel like is so important right now. You need to take notes tonight so you can share it with your coworkers. If you want to show somebody that Jesus is coming and it's soon, I want you to be able to show it to them from this passage of Scripture. Isaiah 31 is one that scholars have not ever seen fulfilled. The Scripture that I read to you this morning about the Assyrian king and the Egyptians and how that God delivered Israel out of the hand of Sennacherib and the Babylonian Empire, we know that happened, but we also applied it to a spiritual tense to the church. Amen? This particular passage of Scripture has never occurred in history. So it is a prophecy that was not yet fulfilled until last year this thing started happening. Look at your labor and say, that's real close. In Isaiah 31, the first two verses read like this. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. The translation is to go to help the Egyptians. They stay on horses. They trust in chariots because they are many. And in horsemen, because they're very strong, look, they do not look at the Lord of Israel to be their Lord. How many know that Muslims do not believe that Jehovah God is God? They believe Allah is God. Yet he is also wise and will bring evil and will not call back his words. God says, I will not repent of what I declare over people who come against me at this hour. Listen. He said there's people going to Egypt, they're going to try to help them and when they go down there, I'm going to declare my word and I will not repent to the nation that goes to help Egypt. Are you with me? Yet he also is wise. He will not call back his words against the house of evildoers, against those who work that iniquity. Now I want to show you that there's some key points. They go down to Egypt to help. How I many know oh, Egypt has been in a state of emergency for just over a year right now? Secondly, they stay on their horses. In biblical warfare, to stay on your horse means to stay on your throne of power. Because the kings would ride up to a high hill and they would watch the battle go on down in the valley below in front of them. And so that is a seat of authority. In other words, they're not going to go to the battle. They're going to watch the battle from afar. Well, nowadays we don't have to have horses to sit on the valley ridgeline. We've got television cameras everywhere. Listen to this. They trust in chariots. In other words, the more chariots we have, the better off we are. We are well able to fight our own battles. Boy, that sounds like some nations we know, doesn't it? They trust in their skill. They do not serve the God of Israel. They do not serve the God that Ishmael served. Are you all with me? God of Israel is a God that is a true and a living And a holy God. Anybody believe that? The Egyptians do not serve that same God. As a matter of fact, this week they have killed over 20 Christians simply for being Christians in Egypt. There's news that our news media is not covering. It's happening daily. Christians are being killed in Egypt. Now we go on down a little bit further. And it says the nation that helps Israel is going to be in trouble. Well, guess what? Our nation is trying to help Egypt. The first one to call the Egyptian government and say we want to help is the American government. So I want to show you a picture of a headline that's next. Egypt takes delivery of U.S. fighter jets. Not only did we say we'll come help you strategize, we said we'll give you F-16 jets from us. And y'all know how well our economy's doing and how much we can afford to give away a three million dollar planes, just one right after another to a country that does not serve the God that this nation was founded on nor likes Israel. And so we have sent planes down there just a few months ago into Egypt. Now, I want to go to the next slide and I want to show you that we have also sent them our tanks. Now you need to understand something. When they've got our tanks and our, and our planes, they know our technology. They can duplicate our technology. And what you need to understand tonight is that we are seeing a time when our nation, look at your neighbor and say America. America is assisting Egypt when the prophecy is if you help Egypt, if you go down there with your chariots and you try to help them, when I declare my judgment on Egypt, it's also going to come on you. Everybody with me? Somebody look at somebody else and say, Jesus is coming. The next slide is July the 2nd, just a couple of weeks ago. When they're having trouble in Israel, and President Obama takes them to the situation room, and he starts making phone calls to try to help out Morsi, who is the leader of the nation of Egypt it was all over your media it was all over your news how many of you know we got problems in our own country with in un- unemployment people going hungry people not able to pay their bills people not able to do anything and meanwhile we got somebody trying to shut down 501c3 nonprofit organizations churches and we have somebody that's trying to help out the Egyptians and the Bible says they're going to be cursed so how many of y'all see that this might be going on right now if you see that already just shake your head yes We move on a little bit further. God says he will not call back. He will not repent his judgments. There's been a couple of times as a parent I was wrong. Listen to me. Probably more than a couple. And in those times were times where I thought what I saw was what was going on, but it wasn't. And so when I said, you are going to get it when we get to the house. And I got home. And Lisa said, well, the reason they were out of the church in the hall was because I sent them to go get me a bottle of water. Then I had to repent of my judgment and tell the child, tell me that next time or I'll just beat you in the hall, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> God never returns on his word unless people repent. When people realize that they've done wrong and they have a contrite spirit and they submit themselves to God, God is faithful and just to forgive their sins. I'm going to say amen. Amen. But he makes a declaration here. There's only one other place that he makes this type of declaration and it's in Obadiah chapter 1 and verse 15. And that is where the Lord says that if you touch the land of my people, if you mess with their land, I'm going to judge you on your heads immediately. God is serious about his people. Against the household of evildoers. That means anybody who is connected with the habitation of where the evil is being done from. Whew. My eight-year-old the other day, he was telling me something. He wasn't trying to deceive me long term. He was kidding with me. I asked him where something was that he had hidden. And he said, oh, I have no idea, Daddy. And he was grinning from ear to ear. I knew he knew where it was. And he knew I was trying to find it. He just messing with me. And I said, Where do liars go? And he said, Washington, D.C. <laughs> Maybe I watch too much Fox News. He said, I'm going to judge against anyone who helps Egypt. It doesn't get any plainer than that. But where are we sending tanks? Where are we sending F-16 fighter jets? Where do we have troops on the ground right now to help crowd control? Egypt. Y'all with me? The Egyptians are men and not God. Imagine that. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. Now remember what I told you all ago that those powerful thrones on the horse's back were significant of power. He says, I want you to understand their horses are flesh and not spirit. He says, I want you to know that they're doing this in the flesh, but I am going to pronounce some things in the Spirit. And how many know that the flesh and the Spirit are at enmity with each other, according to Romans chapter 8? And how many of you know that what's going on around the world is to appease people's flesh? But God's about to do some stuff to show His Spirit and His power. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. I am going down there, he says. "The Egyptians are men. Their horses, their power's flesh. Everybody that helps Egypt will fall with them. Here we go. For thus saith the Lord. He has spoken unto me like as the lion, the young lion, roaring on his prey. The lion and the young lion. I want you to say that with me real quick. Lion and the young lion are roaring on his prey. When a multitude of shepherds is called forth. Now you have to understand that when a lion would begin to traverse the paths of where the shepherds normally fed, the shepherds would camp out together. And when the lion would try to come in to get the sheep at night, the shepherds would all hold up their sticks and they would start making chanting noises and they would march side by side so that the lion would leave. And normally the lion would leave because he would see he was outnumbered. He would see they had fire. He would see that he was afraid and he would leave them alone. But he said, in this situation, I want you to understand there's going to be a, a, an old lion and there's going to be a young lion and the shepherds are going to be called forth against him. He will not be afraid of their voice nor abase himself for the noise of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight. Now listen, at the same time, the Lord is going to come down and fight for the hill of Zion. There's a parallel timeline. Now, the lion and young lion, multitude of shepherds, the shepherd will not be afraid. In other words, he's not going to submit to them. He's going to have to be forcefully moved. Nor will he humble himself. The reason I have this headline up in the next slide is because of the very headline. When Hosni Mubarak was removed as being the leader of Egypt, the headline read, The Lion's Den, What's Really Happening in Post-Mubarak Egypt? Let me tell you why. The throne of Mubarak was called... The lion's den. 2,500 years ago, Isaiah said, the old lion will not want to leave his throne. Y'all with me? Now I want you to look at this. It said in the next screen there, the next picture, that the shepherds would come. That is his throne right there behind that white building. All of those are tents, and those are common people, which in the biblical day would be shepherds, that have come together to tell him to go away. We don't want you anymore. And they made noise for days, and people were killed in the streets making noise telling him to leave. Now isn't that amazing that 2,500 years ago, Isaiah was seeing prophetically what we are seeing in 2013. the old line was removed. But the Bible says not only the old line, but there will be a young line. The next picture is really funny. That is Muhammad Morsi who replaced Hosni Mubarak. Muhammad Morsi, this is dated December the 10th, 2012, Time Magazine, the most important man in the Middle East. How many of y'all know that he got removed last month? How many of you know that in December you can be the man of the year on Time Magazine and then in June you can be the guy on the street running for your life? And how many of you know that only a great God in heaven could prophesy that 2,500 years before it happened? The old line will be removed. Remember it said that shepherds are going to gather in the streets. The next picture is what the streets looked like when Morsi was deposed. Now I just showed you another picture a minute ago that was very tight. But it is the same square. There's the castle right there in the middle in the back. That whole area was covered with people who were crying, Get out of our place. You will not kill our people and our children anymore. Shepherds, common people. Look at your neighbor and say, Prophecy being fulfilled. Then at the end of that verse, Verse 4, the Lord makes a statement. He says, at the same time, I'm going to protect the hill of Zion. I made reference to it this morning. The hill of Zion is what we know as the holy place. The only thing left of the temple is the western wall, the wailing wall. And that's why the Jews go there, because it's the closest thing they have to the old temple. So they go to that place, and they bow down, and they pray Which, by the way, I want to tell you this, that a friend of mine that was in Jerusalem sent me a message the other day. He said that they have shut down the wailing wall to the common people and have opened it up to the military. Listen. He said they are running busloads of Israeli soldiers into the driveway in front of the wailing wall and they are getting out of the bus with prayer shawls on and yarmulkes on their head and shofars in their hand. Oh, you better hear what I'm saying. He said they are going to the wall, and while some are blowing the shofar, the others are praying, saying, Messiah, come quickly. The warriors in Israel, the footage you will not see on American television is them praying. But they are having prayer meetings and praying that the Lord will come to render them out of the hand of their adversary. We're praying for Jesus to come, and they're praying for Jesus to come. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. But the Lord says, as birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. That's kind of crazy. As birds flying, the Lord will defend it, and he will deliver it, and passing over it, he will preserve it. Listen, he says, I'm going to defend them like a bird flying. I'm going to defend them by passing over them and just protecting them from all harm. How many know that the Passover was when the Spirit of God passed over the houses that had the blood on the doorpost and protected them from the death angel? Now, I want you to hear this very clearly. He says, as birds flying, the Lord of hosts, which is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord who commands angel armies, That's what that means in the Hebrew. The Lord who commands the angel armies is going to show up to protect His people. He will deliver it. He will bring them through. He will pass over to preserve. Well, guess what? In November 2012, Israel started getting bombed. And the next picture that you're going to see here is two missiles colliding in the air. The one from the right is the missile that has been shot by the adversary. The one from the left is a missile where a professor in Israel has come up with something called the Iron Dome Defense that senses when missiles are coming in, and they call them birds flying. And when the birds start flying in from the enemy, Israel sends its own bird back at it and blows it up in the middle of the air. And that is a picture of what happens up in the sky far away from the civilians. As birds flying. I will protect them. Now look at the next thing. I love this. From November 14th to November 21st, of 2012 1,056 rockets were fired against Israel 1,056 875 of them landed in the Negev desert and the Palestinian hills where no Jews lived what are you saying preacher? CBS didn't report that ABC didn't report that the communist news network did not report that CNN. MSNBC, y'all are slow, but you're going to get it in a minute. MSNBC did not report that, but Al Jazeera did. Israeli National News did, Jerusalem, Jerusalem Post did. I want you to understand that there are things happening in Israel that are as big of miracles as it was Gideon taking 300 in and trying to fight off the armies. The nations of the world have gathered, according to Matthew 24, against Israel. But guess what? God is defending them. Of all of the missiles they fired, 875 out of 1,056, that is not real good target practice. They were either shot out of the air or they found some of them that never went off in the middle of a desert. The only three places that it hit inside of Israel were places that the Israelis had already moved out of and they were desolate places with only empty homes. Nobody was killed. My, 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 my. I wish my two-year-old should get up and shout right now with me. Turn you unto him from whom your children have deeply revolted. For in that day, every man shall cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which your own hands have made unto you for a sin. In other words, he's saying, Jews... You've been busy trying to earn money, gold and silver. It's become your God. It's become your idol. But he said, I'm going to allow some things to happen to start moving you back to Judaism. Now, I want you to hear this very carefully. On December 31st of 2012, the census was taken and finished and reported. 2012, reported in Israel. There are now 7 million Jews in Israel. Not 5.2. Not 7.8. Seven million Jews. Every time God has done something to complete it in Israel, He's done it with a seven. Because the number seven is the word Shiva, which means whole, complete, and finished. Do you understand that in 1948... There were less than 4,000 Jews to start a nation called Israel. There was less than 4,000 who met at the first meeting and now there's over 7 million Jews that have come from all parts of the world and have come back home to Jerusalem to worship. Listen, Jerusalem Post reported in January 26 of 2013. The headline says, Israeli Jews are becoming more religious. I don't know about you, but I got hairs and the hair follicles. They're all standing up on the back of my neck when I read that. Because 90% of the Jews around the world observe Passover this year. 90% they're coming home, they're flying home, they're driving home, they're on ships going home, and they know it's the hot spot of the world. How many of you, when you watch the media, think that's the last place I want to go live is in the Middle East. But housing has gone up exponentially. They can't build enough houses. That's why the housing problem is so big. They say, we don't want you to build in the West Bank, and we don't want you to build in Gaza. It's not about where they're building. It's about the Jews coming home and having a place to live. And the Palestinians don't want it to happen. But guess what? The Palestinians are no match for Matthew 24. That says, I'll bring you from all the corners of the earth and bring you back home. Sorry, I'm teaching. Then, you understand, we're talking about Egypt. Somebody say Egypt. We're talking about other nations helping Egypt that are going to be judged. We're talking about An Iron Dome defense system that is killing the attacks as birds flying in the Middle East. Then the Assyrians will fall. When you see the word Assyrian in the Bible, it just means anyone of the Syrian race. How many of you know there's problems in Syria? And how many of you know that we don't know who to help according to our government? How many know that Jordan is asking for help because the people are leaving Syria and running over into their borders? The Syrians will not go to Lebanon because the Lebanese are another denomination of Islamists. And I know y'all are looking at me like going, another denomination? Yeah, just like we have different denominations, they have different denominations. You ever heard of Sunnis? You ever heard of Shias? Okay, they have two different prophets. They believe Muhammad spoke through one, and they believe Muhammad spoke some stuff, and somebody else spoke something else, and it's really confusing. But they will kill each other because they're right. Y'all with me? There will never be peace in the Middle East. I don't care what president goes over there. I don't care what former president goes over there. I don't care what Boxer goes over there. I don't care Britney Spears goes over there to sing again. There's never going to be peace in the Middle East until somebody sets their foot on the top of the Mount of Olives, and when he steps down, he'll bring an end to the war, he'll bring an end to the battle, and the lion shall lay down with the lamb. Y'all excuse me. I'm telling you, I'm excited. He said, the Assyrians are going to fall with a sword, but not of a mighty man and not the sword of a mean man. In other words, the Assyrians have always been overcome by a coup. It's always somebody rising up from the inside. But he said, this time it's not going to be by a mean man that's trying to sway everybody his way. He said, it's not even going to be by a mighty man. It's not going to be by some other nation that comes in. He says, I'm going to take care of making Syria mess up. The reason the nations of the world can't figure out what to do in Syria is because they have nothing to do with it. God is sitting there stirring the pot. Because it's not a man. But he'll flee from the sword. He doesn't say he'll be cut. He says he'll see a sword and flee. In other words, he'll be afraid for his life. And his young men shall be discomfited. They're already reporting. Because of the refugees that have left Syria. There will not be enough young men in Syria to procreate another generation of Syrians if this war doesn't stop. They're being killed and they're leaving the nation as refugees. He shall pass over to his stronghold for fear. And his princes shall be afraid. Now listen, he shall pass over to a stronghold for fear. And his princes shall be afraid. I want to show you two pictures. The first one I'm going to show you is Israel bombing Syria. And how that it was called moral relativism. How that the Jews can go bomb anybody they want to and not be judged. But the Syrians all of a sudden are the enemy. Because that's, that's the way the world looks at this. That is a liberal view of what's going on. But I want to show you what else is going on. Major General Mohammed es al-Din Khalouf announced his defection from Assad's Syrian regime in a video aired Saturday. This is March of this year. It showed him sitting next to his son. Captain Ez al-Dinqaluf. Who was over counterintelligence. Now listen. The major general. This is their top rank brass official in the Syrian military. Left and ran out of the country but he took his son. Why is that important? Because the scripture says, he shall pass over to a stronghold for fear, and his princes shall be afraid for the sign, saith the Lord. In other words, people who are in appointed leadership, and even their sons, their princes that would rise to that authority. Mr. Khaluf's son was the director of the CIA, our equivalent in Syria. And when his father said, I'm no longer over this war, I'm leaving the country, his son said, I'm going with you, Daddy, because I ain't staying here. Twenty five hundred years ago, Isaiah saw it happen. And we are reading it now in real time. I wish somebody just shout Amen because the word of God is true. The next picture is Kaluf and his son. Out of the country. Filming their statements. And here's the funny thing. Our U.S. media did not report it. Al Jazeera reported it. Y'all didn't hear me. The enemy is declaring the prophetic word. They didn't hear me. I'm going to come back over here. Al Jazeera that hates Jews and hates Christians and hates anything to do with Jesus at all is reporting what Isaiah wrote 2,500 years ago and they think they're just doing journalism. But they are declaring the wonderful works of our God. Somebody shout amen. He shall pass over. To his stronghold for fear. And his princes shall be afraid of the inside. This is what got me. The Lord said. Whose fire. Is in Zion. And furnace. In Jerusalem. Furnace. Furnace is where a fire is properly maintained and controlled. Zionism is that belief that seeks to be in the dwelling place of God. The Lord says whose fire is in Zion. How many remember me telling you this morning that Zion to the Jew is the mountain of the Lord? But Zion to us is to be in the presence of the Lord wherever He is. That wherever he is, we may be also. That's not just talking about heaven, that's talking about here that he lives in us. Look at your neighbor and say, He lives inside of me. Now hold on. Whose furnace is in Zion, or fire is in Zion, furnace in Jerusalem. I'm a New Testament Pentecostal. When I read this in its context, seeing what happened, I nearly had me a come apart. Because I realize what the Lord is saying. He's saying, when you see my, 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 Egypt in turmoil and other nations going to help, get ready to see judgment. When you see that they're going to start sending missiles into Israel and I start defending them like a bird in the sky. When you see the Assyrians implode. Because I'm the one stirring them up. It's not a man. It's me. When their prince leaves and runs for fear. And his princes run with him. There's one final bit of this prophecy. The furnace... Was Jerusalem. The reason Jesus said, go and tarry in Jerusalem was to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. Because he didn't come to do away with those things, he came to fulfill those things. Somebody better hear what I'm saying, because I got them doodads running up down my spine again. I can't help it. I get the feeling of it ain't the air conditioner because I'm sweating. It is the spirit of the Lord that I feel up here because I'm trying to tell you that what the Lord is saying is there's going to be a revival breakout. As a Pentecostal, we're supposed to go to Jerusalem and carry on the promise of the Father. Some of you say, Well, hold on. What are you saying? Are we supposed to travel over there every year? No, 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 no. When you get right down here, you're coming to the hill of Zion. Somebody help me. When you get there and you say, Lord, I want you to fill me, you're saying, I want to be the Zion. I'm wanting the fire that burned in the furnace in Jerusalem to come and dwell inside of me. And I want to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. He says when all of this is happening, pastor, get ready, because there's going to be a holy fire that started in a Jerusalem furnace, but now burns in the people who are desiring to be in his presence. I've heard it my whole life. I've heard it from them preachers who stretched out a chart halfway across the church and had that that antenna that they stretched out. Some of y'all are laughing because you know what I'm talking about I've sat down with my little grandmother and had her read Daniel and Jeremiah and Isaiah and revelations to me when I didn't understand what it was, but it all made sense better a little bit later. I've heard my whole life there's going to be a great falling away, and believe me, I'm seeing it in the church. I know a pastor that recently met with his brand new set of ushers at the new church he was going to pastor. And when he started interviewing him, he found out he had a convicted pedophile and three alcoholics and the only three that were really ready to serve as an usher or any capacity in the church. Because people feel like they can do whatever they can and still come to church and it'd be okay. And I can look at that all day long and I can point you out people and I can tell you about people that have fallen and I can tell you about people who ain't living right and I can tell you about people who all that. But I don't believe that's what the Lord wants us to focus on. He said, what I want you to start looking for is a fire that's going to start burning. He said, Isaiah, I want you to prophesy to them and tell them that when they see Egypt in a mess and Syria in a mess and when I'm having to offend my people like a bird in the sky from the missiles that are coming in and when I'm letting the missiles lay dormant and fall on different places when the Syrians are running out of their borders when they're stirred up because I'm stirring them up go ahead and tell my people the people who will be alive and well and reading this when it happens that there is a fire that still burns in a furnace in Jerusalem and if they'll reach back to Jerusalem I'll reach Down to them, and I'll fill them with that fire, and my fire will go over the face of the whole earth. I came to preach to somebody to tell you, I'm not through with being Pentecostal, I'm not through with being Holy Ghost filled, I'm not afraid of speaking in tongues, I'm not afraid of the gifts of the Spirit being in operation. I didn't come to make you comfortable, as a matter of fact, I came to cause you to be a little bit uncomfortable, but I did come to tell you this there's going to be a revival fire, there's going to be a flood. Of the Holy Ghost. There's going to be a new anointing released on the church. We got some. (laughs) Go ahead, enjoy it. We got some morons. We got some morons. I'm going to say it again. we got some morons. Some morons that are going around saying that we need to quieten things down, hush things up, be relevant, try to keep everybody happy. If you want to speak in tongues, go in the side room. We don't want you to display this in our worship services because we don't want to scare nobody. But honey, I'm going to tell you something. I, I woke up scared. When I was raised, I thought Jesus was going to show up any minute and if I wasn't living right, he was going to knock me in the head with a hammer and it's all over with. If you wasn't raised that way, you missed it. You had to live right and spit white. You couldn't cuss, smoke, or chew or hang out with any girls that do. Y'all with me? Afraid to play Monopoly because we had to roll dice to play it. I know y'all look at me and say, you're only 40 years old. You didn't live through that? Oh, yes, I did. Nobody told my pastor we didn't have to be relevant. Matter of fact, we had the practical commitments of the church of God that we memorized. And then our pastor had a list of impractical commitments. Did y'all hear me? He had a list of stuff that he was convicted over, and so he preached it, and we all had to live up to that. I'm just telling you straight up. But we got liberty. We got freedom. We got comfortable. We got relaxed. And we got these morons going around saying that tongues really isn't for the church of today. Spirit of the Lord can speak to people through the word I know we can Some of y'all looking at me like Preacher We, we speak in tongues around here We, we have the gifts of spirit and operation I know that I wouldn't be coming here if you didn't I had one pastor ask me the other day. He said I'd love for you to come to my church I said no you wouldn't He said why not I said because your people couldn't handle our ministry because they want a 20-minute sermonette from a preacherette so they can get out to the buffetette. (laughs) Y'all hearing me? So these morons got together. Now, I'm going to tell you this, because this happened in our own movement. Please hear me. They got together, and they decided to find out if tongues were for now. Preacher, how do you know this? How do you have this preview information? You're not a big shot. No, but I was sitting across from a former general overseer that told me this, Dennis McGuire. He said, Them harebrained morons, to be quite honest, got that group together. And they said, We're going to hire a linguist. And we are going to send him out to listen to what people are calling Holy Ghost. And they decided that they would put a bunch of little podunk towns in a hat. And let the linguists draw from that. And that's the church they would send him to. So it would be completely and totally not fixed. And they pulled a little church on the mountainside in Pulaski, Virginia. Honey, I'm talking about Virginia. I'm talking about so high up in the mountains they got to go towards town to hunt. Some of y'all will get that in a minute. They don't get Monday night football till Thursday. You're starting to understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> little white frame building. On the cheapest piece of ground that they could get back from a coal mine years ago. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Blocks holding up the corners of the building. Where you got to walk up eight flights of stairs to get to the porch. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And this linguist, so professional, got his little writing book in his recorder. And he waited until 6.30 when church was supposed to start and he let it get going he decided it was time to make his move and he approached the front door of that little church and a 10 year old girl stepped out in the Holy Ghost pointed her finger in his face and said in seven languages, it is, real, it is 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 real. Seven different languages that he understood all. Seven. Two of them ancient dialects from Europe that have not been spoken in years, but he had studied for his doctoral program. He folded up his notebook, walked back to his car, and he called the ringleader of this little party from his cell phone. He said I don't know who y'all are and I don't know what you sent me to do but a 10 year old just put her finger in my face and spoke to me in seven languages that there's no way that somebody in the backside of Pulaski, Virginia would be able to learn. Two languages that I studied myself that are no longer in use and she told me it is real. I don't know who you are and what you're trying to disprove. All I can tell you is what I saw tonight was real. It was real. It was real. I came to preach to somebody tonight to tell you they may tell us we need to quiet down and hush up and be alone and quit making so much noise but I didn't come into this thing to make it easy I came through in the fire and I'm going out in the fire and I came to tell somebody God is sending a fresh fire God is sending He's sending a whole new outpouring of the holy Holy Ghost I don't plan to get quieter I don't plan to make services shorter I don't plan to conduct myself so somebody would receive me I want them to see him I want them to see his power I want them to see his glory glory When you see Egypt on the news tonight, you ought to jump out of your chair. When you see Syria stirred up, you ought to leap to your feet. As a red-blooded American, I know that it's going to cost us again for us helping Egypt. But as a Holy Ghost-filled Christian... I say let it happen so that the word of God can be fulfilled because people are going to come back to God. Your children and your grandchildren are going to sense a fire that will burn inside of them and will be a power like they've never known. They're going to sense a source that comes all over them and ignites them and renews them and flows in them and they will be the temple of the fire that burns in the furnace of Jerusalem. Y'all feeling what I'm feeling I hear the Lord in my spirit speaking. And it's not necessarily an interpretation of what she just spoke in the spirit. But what I hear him saying right now we don't need another program, we do not need another drive. We need fire. We need fire. We need to come hungry for fire. I don't care who you are here tonight. I don't care who you are. If you hear that a fella is going to try to swallow fire, you'll stand there and wait for it. Hear me. There's something about a puff of smoke in the sky that makes you want to drive to see what's on fire. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How do you know that children, when they're born, are drawn to fire? And the hotter it is, the more they want to walk towards it. I believe it's because there is an innate, creative place in us that is drawn to the fire. And even our spirit man begs for the fire to see it naturally, because we know that fire changes things. I came out to tell pathway ministries tonight you don't need, you don't need the super-duper whooper-whopper. I'll even go as far as to say you don't need the next thing that is sent down the pike from the next big church growth expert even in our own denomination. You need fire. Fire. Preacher, our church is fiery. You said you like to preach here. You, well, we've shouted around these altars with you. We, we've seen the Holy Ghost fill people. We've seen people healed right here. I'm telling you, don't lose it. Don't water it down and don't compromise it. I'm not saying you got to go back to wearing your hair pile up and your sleeves down past your fingertips. Amen? I'm not here to tell you that we need to live on a clothesline and everybody judge everybody else. I'm here to tell you that we need to get so close to God that when we speak, we don't know if it's going to be Him speaking out in tongues or us in English. We need to get to a place where the fire of God is burning so much in us and on us and through us that people are uncomfortable around us. The fire of the Holy Ghost will not just change this church, it will change this community. I'm going to share with you one more story and then I'm going to pray for some folks. There's a fella over in the middle of the state. Over there at that place called Flippin'. Bishop Hogan, he asked me to come over and preach a revival. And we was having one. Some people were being delivered, being set free. One night after church, he said, listen, I found out I've got to do a funeral in the morning. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to give you some cash and let you go eat by yourself. Is that okay? I said, yeah, I'm a big boy. I've been eating by myself for a number of years. I can handle that. He gave me some cash. and The next morning I rolled out of bed early. I just couldn't help being in the presence of the Lord for quite a while. Sometimes it's difficult to get in the presence of the Lord with five other people in the vehicle. We... And sometimes the Lord will allow me to go out and preach by myself somewhere so I can spend time with him the whole week. And the people of church are just getting overflow of what he's pouring in. Y'all understand? Because we shouldn't study to preach. We should study to see what God's speaking in us and preach what the overflow is. Y'all with me? That was free. He went to the funeral. I got dressed, drove from the hotel. And I saw a Kentucky Fried Chicken sign. And underneath it it said buffet. If there's anything holy, it is chicken on a buffet. For I would say unto thee, this is not a beer belly. This is a chicken coop. A leather belt. It's a fence for a chicken graveyard. There have been many a rooster sons that went into the ministry under my hand. I walked into that Kentucky Fried Chicken, and the Lord said, "Listen to me while you're here. If there's any place you hear God, it's at the KFC." I got my first plate <laughs> am I being too descriptive <laughs> and I passed by and I piled up some nice original and some coleslaw and as my 8 year old says it coin of a cop and I grabbed a bicket that's so what my two-year-old calls them. When they come out of Cracker Barrel with that pan of biscuits, she'll say, glory. <laughs> the other day, we handed her biscuit to Cracker Barrel. She said, my, 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 my. We're training her right. I got my plate, and I sat down. There was two ladies that came in. They sat down over table next to me. And while I'm sitting there, the Holy Ghost speaks to me, and he says, she's full of the devil. I said, yeah, I'll tell that discerning that he was just confirming the, the, the discernment that I had it just confirming it, it Just and the Lord said rebuke it I said Lord I'm eating chicken <laughs> and bick it and the Lord said rebuke it and I had to swallow and wipe my mouth off and under my breath I said, I take apostolic authority according to the New Testament church. The same power that Christ walked in. And I rebuke you, spirits of hell, in the name of Jesus. And as sure as I'm sitting here. She just took a a big old bite of macaroni and cheese. And she screamed bloody murder. And them demons manifested. And she started twisting in the chair. Now, if you want to see some folks leave a buffet... With no to-go plate. You let a demon manifest in a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Mountain Home, Arkansas. She went to wreathing around, looked at the woman across from her and said, "Ah!" And the lady just set her drink down and looked at me and looked at her and I smiled and said, Hi. I hadn't moved. I'm still in my chair holding my chicken. The Lord said, there's another one. I said, come out in the name of Jesus. That's all I said. I didn't have to say it loud. I didn't have to shake her. I didn't have to pour oil on her. You all with me? If I'd have done that, it got really weird really quick. (laughs) Listen to what happened. It manifested. The second one did. And she went to wreathing and swinging back and forth and screaming profanities at the woman across from her. Unclean spirit. One by one, I watched five devils come out of that woman in the middle of a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I never stopped eating. I found out the Holy Ghost works at KFC. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We've got this idea that when we get to church, we've got to put on a different persona and talk a little bit different. Hello, brother. How are you? God bless you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Good to have you. How are you? Oh, that's such a pretty blouse. Bless you. How are the kids? Good, 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 good. Get real. Come in here without any pretense, without any mask, and say, I came for one purpose. I don't care what anybody looks like. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if somebody crosses their eyes at me. I do not care. I came for one reason, and that is to have a move of God. I came for one reason, and that is to see the Holy Ghost manifest in somebody's life tonight. I want to tell you that it is already prophesied, and it is already happening. You Please, 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 please hear me. If things, things are happening in the Middle East in proper order and sequence, just like Isaiah saw it, the last thing he saw was a fire. and He's ready to bring the fire to you. See, I believe that there can be such a move of God a pathway that people driving by have to pull over because they get drunk. They're already full of the Spirit but when they pass by they find a Bethel where God knows how to meet His people and they just have to pull over and don't even know why but they're just laid out. Where people are lining up to get in the door, you say, Preach, it'll never happen in America. Oh, I'm telling you, it will. Because when the judgment comes on America, that is going to hit Egypt when it completely collapses and America starts collapsing. You better hear what I'm saying. When it happens, people are going to remember there was one foundation that was sure. There was one foundation that was strong. There was one thing they could depend on. And they're going to repent of their wickedness and they're going to come back to God. I'm telling you, the Bible does not lie when it says train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart it means they're coming back there is a fire of the Holy Ghost that wants to burn in you I don't know what pastor's been preaching we had not talked about that I don't know what people have been declaring from this pulpit we haven't talked about that we talked about teen talent and kids getting married and kids growing up and funny things kids do that's what we've talked about But I know what I heard in the spirit when the Lord said to deliver this word tonight. There are three churches that I've been able to deliver this word for. The others can't handle it. Oh, so you're just preaching a red hot? No, I've got a prophetic word and I'm having to do like the prophets of old and go to each place where the people meet and declare the word. God would not have me declaring this if he wasn't wanting to fulfill it. Pastor, it just crossed my mind that last time we were here that wind blew. According to Acts chapter 2, a rushing mighty wind-filled house. And after that, fire fell. I'm sorry. That's just coming alive in my spirit right now as I say that. There's a process He's doing. God has brought you into unity. I hear this in my spirit so loud. He has brought you into a one accord move forward. He sent the wind. Because I remember the night that my brother... Was right here when God opened his ear and healed him. Right here. Pastor, you had your hands on him when he got healed right here. And I was standing up on the stage thinking I was the only one feeling the wind. And I looked down here and there's other people going, Phew. and it was blowing. But I'm telling you tonight, I believe God's ready to send some fire. I'm not preaching, I'm prophesying to you right now, church. God is ready to send the fire. I've left teaching, I've left preaching, I'm moving into the prophetic right now. I feel it, I sense it. God is moving this church into a season of unbelievable fire. Pastor, you will see people that stand up to join in worship but can't stand and fall over. You will see people that enter the doors of the church not late. But the Lord's told them to wait until they can come in, and when they come in, they collapse at the doors. You're gonna see people that are strung out high, and God is gonna sober them up in one instant and fill them with the Holy Ghost, and the fire is gonna replace the addiction. And this season God is taking you into, your young people are not only going to hear the word and receive the word, but they're going to start preaching, declaring, and prophesying the word. God is raising up a younger generation that is more mature than the generation that has raised it up. That they will prophesy to the old ones. Oh, that's a fulfillment of prophecy. Because Joel doesn't say the young middle generation is going to see it. He said, "But the old men are going to dream dreams about moves of God they used to have and start seeking God for it. But the young ones are going to say we're tired of hearing the stories and have visions of what God is going to do. And the dreams of old and the visions of the new are going to meet, and there's going to be a fire that bursts through the old and the new." <laughs> You'll have testimonies of people sitting in the pew that don't even believe the way you believe. But God healed. Whew. Pastor, I even I hear this very loudly in the spirit. I have to declare it over the church openly. Normally I would just declare this to you. But there is an ethnic church in town an ethnic church in town that is going to be seeking more and their people when they get hungry are going to come to where the fire is and God is going to make you multi-ethnic and it's going to be like overnight the fire is going to come and there is just going to be more wood say the lord says you're going to have to change even your music it's not going to be the same it's going to have to change to meet the cultural needs of the people I, I i feel the holy ghost moving he sent the wind he's sending the fire i got to say it again he sent the wind he's sending the fire i'm going to say it again he sent the wind he's sending the fire Pastor, you will be preaching and people will bust the pew and run to the altar and that doesn't mean for you to stop preaching. You keep preaching. Because the convicting power of the Holy Ghost, they couldn't stand anymore. They're going to have to run. Don't worry about it. Let them slide in. Don't stop preaching. Just keep preaching. Let them slide in couple of you prayer warriors get around them and pray with them about whatever it is they need, if they need deliverance, because it's going to be happening all over the house while the Word is going out. People are going to be healed. People are going to be delivered. Chains are going to come off. There are going to be signs and wonders. and I just feel like I've got to define that. A sign is something that says something's going on here. It's out of the ordinary. A wonder is something where you sit back and go, there ain't no way that that could have happened. And you're going to have people that will judge the move of God and say, well, I'll tell you right now, I ain't never seen that happen before, so it's not God. No, that's a wonder. God did it so He could get their attention. God did it so He could get an unbeliever's attention. What are you talking about, okay? I was in Somerset, Pennsylvania, preaching, had a little old bitty square handkerchief before I started preaching with a towel. Little square handkerchief. I was at the end of preaching. Gave an altar call for the Holy Ghost baptism. And I was standing across the church. And from me to where that brother is right there. Wave your hand at me. From me to right there. This guy is standing there at the altar. A little Methodist fellow. Never had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But he was hungry. I am preaching over here. And I'm telling people God's going to fill you. God's going to fill you. The Lord said throw your handkerchief. I said do what? He said throw your handkerchief. There is no way that a flat handkerchief is going to fly through the air from me to you much less that guy's eyes were closed and his hands were raised and the Lord said throw your handkerchief and I threw it just like this and that thing flew straight like a line drive across that church and that old man had his eyes closed and all of a sudden his hands came together and he caught that handkerchief did a flip, a somersault over the top of the altar landed on his back and was speaking in tongues when he hit the floor why? because it was a wonder Well, preacher, I don't see anybody doing flips, getting the Holy Ghost. Well, I did. And it was a wonder. It doesn't mean that it's a staple item that's going to happen every Sunday. He said that he was standing down there praising the Lord, and the Lord said, clap your hands. He said, Lord, like applause? He said, no, one clap, and I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. He clapped one time and caught that handkerchief right between them hands with his eyes closed. Flip. Fill with the Holy Ghost. There's going to be some things you cannot describe. Some things you cannot even tell people. And God is going to teach you who you can tell and who you can't tell. You need to hear me. There's sometimes Jesus told his disciples, No, what I just did, don't go tell anybody. You just tell them to come and see me. That's all they need to know. But don't tell them what I'm doing because they'll start looking at what I'm doing instead of who I am. And he's wanting to be lifted up. I feel like John the Baptist telling you the fire's coming. I feel like Elijah preaching to you telling you the fire's about to fall. And I believe it's going to start even tonight. If you want the fire, if you want the fire, I want you to leave where you're at I want you to approach the front very reverently in a very sacred way. But I want you to get ready to pour yourself out and say, Lord, even if I've got the fire, I want more fire. If my fire has gone out, give me a fresh fire. If my fire has got down to embers, breathe on the embers. I want the fire. I will further tell you that I probably won't lay hands on everybody here. I may not even lay hands on one. And as I told you this morning, the Lord has been dealing with me that people are looking to man to give them their blessing instead of looking to him to impart it. I'll be gone in the morning, but he'll still be here. If you want fire, I'm going to ask you to step out and to come up here and to get ready. I don't need anybody on the music. I, I love your musicians, but sometimes they just need to receive. Some musicians just feel free to receive. <clears throat> I challenge you to say, Lord, send the fire. Send the fire. Send Lord. Lord. I challenge you to press in tonight and say, Father, I'm ready to receive. Fire. God, I pray for those that don't have it for you to fill them. Those that need a fresh touch, for you to fill them. Lord, those that are full, I pray for you to overrun them with fire. Father I'm just obeying you You said to just start fanning the flame That's what I'm doing I'm just fanning the flame Oh I feel the Holy Ghost breathing in here Receive Receive There's a wave of his glory moving in this place right now Receive Receive Receive, young and old, receive. Whew. Children, parents, grandparents, receive. He said he'd poured out upon all flesh. He'd out upon all flesh. We declare the word of the Lord right now. The fire of the Lord. The fire of the Lord. Let the furnace in Jerusalem be tapped into tonight. Let people come out of here with the fire. Let them come out of here with fire, Lord. Lord, fire that came from the altar. Not that somebody prayed on them. Not that somebody imparted by the laying on of hands. Lord, I know you do that. Your word says that. But I believe in you right now to pour out your spirit and let them receive individually for themselves. Let your spirit breathe on them. Now that you've asked, say, Lord, I receive it. Just start telling him right now, Lord, I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Just obeying the Lord. Praise Him for it now. Praise Him for it now. Fire. 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 Breathe, Lord. Fire. Fire, Lord. Fire, Lord. Breathe, Fire, Lord. Breathe in this place with your fire. Let the fire of your Holy Ghost burn in this place. Burn in your people. (laughs) ura ba Baba ba ba ya mama se mahasa. There's somebody here tonight that when you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit initially, you received it in your sleep, literally. You had been praying for it and you woke up praising the Lord in another language. Who is that? Who is that? I I, I just got to obey the Lord. You received it literally in bed. The Holy Spirit came upon you. Who is it? Just lift your hand if that's you. Gotta obey the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this brother right here. Come here, brother. Yes, sir. Come here. <laughs> Fire. Osholame, and na nishi da baše. and ni na 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 shodure. Edwa katalari What I hear the Lord saying is the dialect of tongue that He's given you is an, It's a dialect of your ancestors. And when you pray it, the Lord said you are starting to see generational bondages broken off of your family. Broken off. Broken off. Tongues is not just a language to worship Him in. You are declaring the wonderful works of God, according to Acts two and eleven. And the Lord said to tell you that chains and bondages are coming off of the generations as you pray. I just hear the Spirit saying this. There's someone with some Asian influence in your heritage. Asian. Come here, (laughs) ma'am. My Lord. The Lord said He's given a new tongue, and this new tongue will be one that breaks bondages. Traditional curses broken in the name of Jesus. I just hear this from the Lord right now. There's some of you that are you why it was a tithe. Please hear me. The first thing he won of his own volition in the new anointing, he poured it out to the Lord. Now hear this. When he did that, he redeemed the ground. You didn't hear me. I said he redeemed the ground back out of the hands of the enemy. From that point, the Philistines never won a battle ever from that day. How many would like to see this county under so much revival because the ground has been redeemed? How many believe it? Hold up, I it out, my The Philistines have had it long enough. It wasn't theirs to begin with. I'm going to be even more blunt. Pastor can't take it back. Pastor L.V. Rigney can't take it back because God sent them here as apostles to build a work to change the atmosphere but those of you that are generationally from here have the authority to take it back and say it It belongs to the Lord in the name of Jesus and I prophesy a fire upon the original families of of the move of God in this region I pray a fire of the Holy Ghost to Saturate and to permeate to where it declares that this belongs to God, the region belongs to God. We will take it back in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's some strongholds being broken. Let the fire fall, Lord. Fire. <laughs> Fire. Fire, fire, fire. I wish somebody would just start prophesying it with me. Fire in the name of Jesus. Fire. Say it as you feel prompted of the Holy Ghost. Prophesy it. Fire. Speak it into the atmosphere. Those of you that are that are from here, take the hand of the one next to you. Those are one you from here, just all the way across here. If this is your native territory, just take the hands of the one next to you. My, my, my. I feel it. Fire. <laughs> Fire. Fire. and ask you to do something a little bit unorthodox I want these foundation people these people that have been here these people that were raised here these people that have even come back here while these others are praying I want those of you that are from here I want you to spread out through this building and lay your hands on pews and start praying for fire I want some of you to even go up to the balcony. If you need to turn the lights on up there, do it. I want some of you to walk up through the balcony. How many believe the Lord can fill this place and the balcony because of the fire? How many believe the fire can dance through this place? How many believe the fire can begin to burn so real and so powerful in this place that people are drawn to the fire, that people are changed by the fire? How many you believe that in this last day there's going to be a revival of fire, a revival of fire, Just just go through the house praying for fire. Those of you that are still up here, start saying, Lord, we receive the generational blessing of fire. Call it out. We receive the generational blessing of revival that's coming to this house. We receive it. Those of you in the balcony, get ready for the Holy Ghost to move up there. I feel Him. Oh, I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, folks. Oh, we tap into the furnace. We tap into the furnace of Jerusalem. We tarry upon the promise of the Father that came to Jerusalem. We are of that people. We are of that church, that body that was born on that day in Acts chapter 2. And we declare it and decree it. We proclaim it. Fire. tell you this there are several accounts in the Old Testament where the Lord told the people to clap your hands and every time it was before the victory manifested you understand clap your hands oh you people shout unto God with the voice of triumph those were before the victories happened because applause means something has just happened When we applaud and nothing yet has happened it makes the enemy nervous because he don't know what's about to happen. I wish somebody would give God some praise right now for the fire that is coming to this house. For the fire that's coming to this county to this region, to this city for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Somebody praise him on credit. I pray that when you step into this pulpit the next time you preach like a man from another world I pray that this praise team is so anointed that as they begin to sing chains begin to fall off and people begin to be healed I pray that people driving by feel such a draw that they don't even know why they came in they just walked in but when they get here the fire will change them I pray that sons and daughters will be awakened in the middle of the night and have a desire for the fire and not be able to wait to come to service but start seeking the Lord so that when they get here, the fire consumes them. Somebody say this with me. Egypt is happening. God is protecting Israel. Syria is stirred up. Fire's coming. He got it. Jesus is coming. One more time. Give the King of Glory a shout of praise.